0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. That's right, we're back to the 2600, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 310. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I am excited to be revisiting our old friend, the Atari 2600, after our little uh, jaunt into the world of the 5200 and the 7800, and we just finished up in Television Month. And like any good vacation, any good break, you have fun when you're off on your little adventure. But it's always nice to come home again. So we're back with the 2600. We're going to play a fun little game called Wabbit. Which if you've been paying attention to gaming news recently, you may have heard of. That honestly is where I heard of it. And since I don't really have any news to report this episode, I think we can get into that right now. So let's do that. This week's game is if you weren't paying attention a few seconds ago. Wabbit from Apollo, 1982. And for those of you not familiar, that is not me lisping. That is really what the game is called. Wabbit. W-A-B-B-I-T. Not Rabbit. R-A-B-B-I-T. I I have to assume, although in my bit of half-assed research that I did for this episode, I didn't see this, but I have to assume the title was at least a bit inspired ...by this guy. Kill the Wabbit! Kill the Wabbit! Kill the Wabbit! Kill the Wabbit! But again, I don't know that for sure. In Wabbit, you are a farmer named Billy Sue, trying to protect your crops. One patch in particular is giving you trouble. It's surrounded by ten holes from which Wabbits dart into your field. Scare off the pesky creatures by throwing Watton and they've got a nice little touch in the manual here. They're spelling rotten, W-O-T-T-E-N. Exit them. Parentheses. They're in abundance this year and worth much less than good country fresh carrots. Close parentheses. The score on the left depicts the number of carrots the wabbits have snatched and deposited in their wabbit holes. The current carrot count increases every time a wabbit gets back to his hole with one of your carrots. Your score increases every time you wallop a wabbit with a wadden egg. It's an egg sighting experience. This is a one or two player game using our old friend, the joystick. Be sure the power is off when you insert or remove the Wabbit cartridge from your video game system. In B mode, Billy Sue dashes about nearly as fast as the bunnies. In the more challenging A mode, Billy Sue is getting tired, and you'll need greater skill in throwing rotten eggs to make up for her slowed pace. Start the game by, or choose the game, obviously by hitting the game select switch. There are essentially eight variations. Game one is two wabbits for one player. Game two, two wabbits for two players. Three is one wabbit for one player. Four is one wabbit for two players. Game five, which is what I played in the field report, three wabbits at a time for one player. Six is that version for two players. And then seven and eight are quote-unquote child versions. One wabbit for one player, but as with games three and four. But in seven and eight, they move really slow. Uh, You know. The idea that maybe really little kids are playing it, and you want to let them play a video game, but you don't want to frustrate them. Because, God forbid, we teach children that life is frustrating. Oh, they have my all-time favorite instruction in the manual here. Hold your joystick controller so that the fire button is in the upper left corner. Oh, man, I am totally putting that on a t-shirt someday. Hold your joystick so the button is in the upper left corner. Moving the joystick to left or right will cause Billy Sue to run in that direction. Duh. Pressing the red fire button will cause her to throw a Watton egg at a Wabbit. Wabbits exit their burrows in a random, again, W not R, manner, trying to steal your carrots and race back to their holes. They forget about the carrots and run back home when hit by a Watton egg thrown by Billy Sue. When Wabbits carrying carrots successfully return to their burrows without being hit by Watton eggs, the current carrot counter count indicator on the left of the screen increases by one point. Every time Billy Sue is able to hit a Wabbit with a Watton Egg before the Wabbit reaches a carrot, you will receive 5 points. When the Wabbit is hit by a Watton Egg on the way back to his burrow with a carrot, you will receive 10 points on your score indicator on the right of the screen. You get a bonus. Every 100 points causes the Wabbits to lose 25 carrots from their current carrot count. The game ends when the Wabbit's score reaches 100 points. And if you're wondering, there is a limited 90-day warranty on this game. I wonder if i've exceeded that see when did this game come out ah damn it i'm not rich or famous i'm not
1: a movie star rock icon first responder nurse doctor or anybody else whom we all look up to i'm just a schnook just like bill i love to tell stories unlike bill though I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com, that's S-C-H-N-O-O-K, podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good
0: that goes around your way. And that is how you play Wabbit from Apollo 1982. Write Apollo today and ask us to put your name on our mailing list. Oh man, I'm totally doing that when we're done here. Then as each new Apollo video game becomes available, you'll be among the first to know. Sweet! I'll be sure to share with you guys the new Apollo games that are coming out. Wait, Apollo went of business when? Ah, damn it. Oh, I knew they were gone, but I didn't know they were like the first company that went bankrupt in the crash of 83. Sorry, Apollo. We hardly knew ye. This game is notable for a number of reasons, which is kind of why it was in the news recently. One of the reasons it's notable is because it is purported to be the first console game with a named playable female character who isn't off-screen. That would be Billy Sue. According to Wikipedia, in the early 80s, Apollo got a number of letters from fans suggesting potential games they could develop. Two letters arrived simultaneously, proposing the idea of having a farmer defend a farm from rabbits. Apollo had recently hired Van Mai, then known as Van Tran, a programmer originally from Vietnam who had done work with computer graphics for the Dallas Independent School District, but was new to video games. The letters had the player assume the role of a male protagonist. She proposed creating a game aimed at girls featuring a female character. The proposal was accepted. Tran designed and created the game as the sole developer on the project. It took uh, four to six months to develop, and the game was showcased at the Texas State Fair in October of 82, around the time of release. Video game historian Kevin Bunch has called the game probably one of the best that Apollo put out. Another critic said the graphics were refreshing for the time, but the gameplay was frustrating, particularly as the speed of the rabbits increased. I don't know, man. I I think gameplay is supposed to be frustrating. If it's really easy, then the fact that it's really easy is frustrating. For decades, efforts have been made to contact the programmer whose name was reported by former co-workers as Ban Tran, but whose actual name was discovered in 2022. When she was interviewed by the Video Game History Foundation, Wabbit was the only game Tran developed for Apollo. As the company declared bankruptcy in '82, later she worked for, worked on a port of Solar Fox for the 5200, for Micrographic Image, before leaving the video game industry. According to the Video Game History Foundation website, after reading an article on Polygon about how the programmer known as Ban Tran had seemingly disappeared. The Video Game History Foundation set up a channel on its official Discord dedicated to finding her. Eventually, the National Archives in Texas uh, was contacted uh, and their bankruptcy records were reviewed. Several of Apollo's employees had to go through the court to get final royalty checks for their games, and as it turned out, Tran was one of them. They were then able to reach out to her, uh, now going by her married name, Van Mai, and she agreed to an interview. That interview it appears, is on the History Foundation website. Just a couple of highlights here. Mai was born in Vietnam. She came to the U.S. as a teenager, as a refugee at the end of the Vietnam War, and settled with her family in Texas. Language issues forced her to drop out of high school, though she did get her GED, and started taking some night classes to learn how to operate and program computers. She enjoyed it, even though the school's IBM 370 what she had to use, so her first efforts of programming were done on punch cards. She got a job working for the Dallas Independent School District as a programmer, and her job was to program uh, lesson plans basically in BASIC programming uh, for the TRS-80 computers. Eventually, uh, she got cut because of changes in the program, uh, and answered an ad at with Apollo. Uh, even though uh, she didn't uh, immediately strike the folks over there as the kind of quote nerd that they expected to be applying for a job at Apollo, but Uh, She impressed them by coming up with a game concept during the interview, some sort of extremely intense concept making Night Trap, uh, which I'm not familiar with actually, look like a bedtime story for kids. The game that she proposed was 20 years ahead of its time and way too intense for the VCS, but she made it sound pretty simple to create anyway, so uh, the stereotype of not being a, a good nerd fell away. Uh, in this interview, they asked Mai about what this concept that she came up with was, and she doesn't really remember it, but she does remember pitching the idea of Wabbit. Quote, I don't think my teammates or my boss said anything about the theme. Everything was up to me. I designed it, all the animation and all that. They seemed to like it a lot. Wabbit features relatively intricate de- detail, given the limitations of the VCS and the 4K cartridge she had to work with. The game starts off slowly, but quickly picks up speed. Quoting my again here, I was very proud of myself. Within the limitations of the VCS, RAM, and everything, and the cartridge space, I could put one game into Forte like that. She originally included a flashing sunbeam graphic, but it had to be cut to make room for the game audio and the game overtune that plays when the Rabbits finally win. Quote, It taught me how to write compact code to write good code. Later on, when I went to university, they didn't care much about RAM or computer space. They had plenty. I think I'm a pretty good coder because of that, because in the beginning there wasn't much room to write your logic and you had to write good logic because of space. Talking about the Billy Sue character, I think the reason why I put more color in her was that because of the animation, if you looked at her walking sideways, she moves her arms like she's normal walking, and I think the reason why I put white color in the shoulder portion of her shirt was so that it will distinguish her arm's movement against her red-orange shirt. I remember I put no color, or the background color, to draw the pixel to show her arm, did not show up very well, and a different color for her hand or the skin color. Development took about four to six months. The game was showcased at the Texas State Fair, which I mentioned earlier. May had no insight into how successful the game was from her end, but she remembers her nieces tried to buy a copy at a mall and was told it was sold out. Quote, my mom was proud of me, she said. She started a new game after Wabbit, but didn't get very far before the bankruptcy, but she did get paid. The company also agreed to pay Uh, Royalties on copies of the games that were sold. However, because the bankruptcy took like seven years for the royalty checks to show up. After Apollo went under, three of her colleagues, Tim Martin, Cash Foley, and Robert Barber, formed a video game company called Micrographic Image, and she got a job there, but she found the working environment to be a little more stressful. The founders would argue amongst each other regularly, although she was kind of left alone to do her own thing, which was writing an an Atari 5200 conversion of the arcade game Solar Fox. For CBS Electronics. The game impressed viewers at the 83 Summer Consumer Electronics Show. It was advertised for an October release, but never came out. As of today, there's still no copy. Uh, no one has, has found a copy of that game. At that point, she decided to leave the company and go out to California. She had a degree in computer science, then moved back to Texas and found work at, as an Oracle developer for a French telecommunications company, and today she works in the banking industry. She has thought about returning to the field, but she thinks that she's been drawn a long time so that's uh you know being away from computer programming for that long is a a hurdle to getting back into the game but has fond memories of working in apollo quote it was wonderful writing games is the most i don't know i can never find a job like that you just go in there and play games for a while to get ideas and then sit around and talk to your teammates just giving each other opinions it was fun so there you go there's more background stuff in there go check out the article at gamehistory.org the video game history foundation it's very interesting after the break. Prepare to dodge some rotten eggs. No, I don't mean the content of this show. Sheesh, that's mean. What'd I do to you? Watch out, you wascally wabbit. Henry, today we're playing wabbit. And no... You public school kid, that's not how you spell rabbit. It's with a W. W W-A-B-B-I-T from Apollo. And, yeah, so let's go kill some rabbits, I guess? Good family entertainment. I'm playing game five. Three rabbits, because that's how I roll. Those carrots don't look so much like carrots to me. They look kind of like, uh, maybe apples. to have an endless supply of rotten eggs to throw. I don't know where I'm getting all these eggs. There should be a pattern that these rabbits move at, but I've yet to uh, sink into it. We have the, my score at the bottom right. The uh, number of parrots that the rabbits have managed to steal on the left. talk for a minute about how this uh, Billy Sue's garden replenishes itself. Some sort of uh, uh, demon magic at work there. Be careful when you buy carrots next time. It could come with uh, some sort of curse. The The bunnies look good. Billy Sue looks good. I mentioned the carrots already. The bunnies have 31 carrots. To the game. I guess it's just one of those you kind of play and kind of zone out a little bit if you want. What do you think of this game, Hunter? That's fair. Not a whole lot to say about it, frankly. I notice all the bunnies are white. I heard they ever see an actual white bunny except in a magician's hat. Uh, The bunnies have over half their total. I gotta get to it. 300 points so that I can knock that down a little bit. 25 more carrots and they will have crushed me bunnies are want to do Do we think they're cute Uh, oh i've been defeated by the bunnies they want us to think they're cute and fluffy but really they're trying to take over the world and i have failed sorry back to you in the studio
1: hey everyone this is michael one of the hosts of the atari XeGS cart by cart podcast do you like atari of course you do what about the 8-bit computer line it was one of the best Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in.
0: Second Duck on the Right and Other Very Short Stories is my new short story collection. Duck Con Artists, Zombies, Things on Fire, Supervillain Angst, and A Future Without Poop are just a few of the topics in these stories. Also, the occasional really bad poem. Waddle on over to your favorite bookseller or swim downstream to my website, TarnivalOfGleeCreations.com, for more information. Insert quacking up joke here. Here's the thing about Wabbit for the 2600. It reminds me a bit of... I think it's crack Pods. Is that the one where you drop flower pots on some sort of invading creature uh, it reminds me a little bit of that uh, in a good way i kind of remember it was a long time ago i played that game but i kind of remember enjoying that game and i enjoy this one it's it's pleasant enough if the action didn't speed up it would get really repetitive really fast i mean it, it's still really repetitive but the action speeds up so it, it the challenge increases it would be kind of fun They mentioned in the article about how originally she wanted like a sunrise or sunset or something in the background. little touches like that would be kind of fun, but you don't need them for the game. And I I get why there wasn't space to put them in, but little touches like that, little whimsical kind of things would be fun. The uh, image of the rabbit getting hit with the egg is actually a little creepy. I don't know if I mentioned it in the field report or not. You smack it with an egg and the white rabbit turns like orange and just kind of freezes and it it's a little disturbing, actually. I guess it could be worse. It could be like, uh, turns into a skull and crossbones or something. It is certainly notable that this game apparently is the first, or one of the first at least, to have a, a female protagonist front and center, right? You had other games where there are females involved, but it's uh, usually in the context of being rescued by the man. Not Piffal Harry, the other guy. Uh, Jungle Hunt Dude. Sir Topham Hat. Wait, that's a different thing. Sir... Or something in uh, Jungle Hunt is rescuing somebody. Um, Mario is representing uh, rescuing. That's a Nintendo, I think. I guess in Donkey Kong, he's not rescuing a woman, right? He's trying to get, or is he? Does Donkey Kong, has Donkey Kong kidnapped somebody? Suddenly, I can't remember. I think so, actually. Anyway, there there are a lot of games where the male protagonist is rescuing the female from something, and here we have. Uh, Billy Sue, not needing to be rescued. She's solving the problem herself. uh, And that's cool. Especially for 83 or 82. So bid points for that. Bid points for this company in a predominantly male-dominated business, computer programming. Still to this day, I'd say, although I don't know the statistics, I assume or hope at least that it's balancing out a little bit. But back then, certainly, a lot of men and, let's face it, a lot of white men. Uh, Here we had a Vietnamese woman. Uh, making a, a, a very well-received game. I mean, the Solar Fox thing, of course, nobody's seen that. We don't know what that was like. But I have to wonder, you know, what other stuff she could have come up with if she had stuck with uh, with computer programming. And you got to kind of hope that she gets back into it. David Crane, the the new company they made, and they put out the new uh, those new games recently, they should call her and bring her in to, to make some more games. By the way, are they doing any more? They did the two. I'm not, I don't have the games in front of me. There's the Carnival one, uh, which is really fun. That's the one I have. And then there's another one that I don't think I bought. And I'm blanking on what it's called. But are, are they making any more? This is sort of a, a tangent. But anyway, if they are, they should bring her in, bring her back to uh, maybe make a Wabbit a, a 2 The Revenge. Doesn't have to be that. Could be something totally different. I like this game. It's a, a I think I mentioned the Fuel Report. It's a game you can sort of play and just kind of zone out a little bit. Right? There's not a whole lot of strategy involved. You're just smacking rabbits with, sorry, wabbits with eggs. Uh, Pretty straightforward. You can just kind of get into the groove and do it. So, you know, it's one I would pick up again. My metric for a good game. Do you guys have thoughts about Wabbit? Let me know. It's story
1: time. Story Bites, yes it's story, 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 story time,
0: with Bill. This week's story is titled, The Cabal in a Dark Dank Conference Room. They could really use a dehumidifier. A cabal of carrot growers gathered. Clean-shaven, each with tufts of hair like carrot tops, the group of men and women gathered around the table were serious as a heart attack, which carrots help prevent by the way. Everyone remembers that about that damn oat bran, but not carrots. Anyway, the cabal has one task in life, to make people buy carrots. Yes, carrots, the most reviled vegetable in existence. After cauliflower, of course. Crunchy, sure, but so is plywood. Low in carbs, sure, but to make carrots taste like anything, you have to cover them in high-calorie dips and whatever. And when you eat a carrot, you're actually eating the root, not the leafy plant part yuck. There's a reason you bury the roots of things underground. Carrots have an image problem. The cabal knew what it was up against. What it didn't know was how to fix it. Winston stood at the head of the table. With dark-rimmed glasses and a vest woven from carrot greens, Winston was a study in professorial root vegetable devotion. Fellow carrot farmers, Winston said, we are at a crossroads. Do we keep fighting the onslaught of tubers Marrows, leafy greens, and other impostors of nutrition, or do we allow our beloved carrots to be mashed? There was a collective gasp from the group. Winston paused dramatically. And if mashed they must be, then there won't be any butter making the slide pleasurable. A concurring murmur from the group. Winston removed his glasses to rub weary eyes and put the glasses back on his head. So many other fruits and vegetables have successfully cajoled the public into believing they are worthy of consumption, he said. As if on cue, Talia Cumbertop blurted, Tomatoes prevent cancer. Sitting low in his seat, Jeff Mackerel smirked, Onions lower cholesterol. And they break down blood clots, Jeff's sister Kendra offered. In one corner, a tall, pigtailed lass with wide, almond-shaped blue eyes watched the proceedings intently. And on the opposite side of the table, Kendra watched her. And don't forget all this nonsense they say about oats, too, Biff Carson said as he sweated through his third shirt of the day. Damn polyester. The blue-eyed lass slipped quietly from the room. "'Well,' Dominic Nickerson said, shifting a little. "'I mean, oysters make your naughty bits happy,' he looked around awkwardly. "'I mean, that's what I've heard.' "'Not a vegetable,' Mackerel said. "'Or a fruit,' Biff Carson added. "'And seriously, they didn't make your bits that happy, now did they?' Talia Cumbertop said. "'All heads turned toward Talia.' I mean, Talia said, that's what I've heard. Winston sighed. If we could just get back to the topic of carrots, please. Jeff Mackerel held up a carrot. It does kind of look like a willy. Maybe we could say carrots make you, I don't know, frisky? Biff remembered something. Hey, I think I read that carrots prevent worms in dogs. Ew, Kendra said. And that's not as good as the sex thing. People, Winston said. Remember, carrots are a family-friendly food. They are? Talia said. What does that mean? It means, Winston said, we don't want families to sit down to dinner and have an image of a dong on their plates. A journal murmuring of grudging agreement. Jeff Mackerel threw up his hands. (sighs) Maybe we could announce carrots keep you from going blind. That'd move some product. But do they? Winston said. Jeff shrugged. I don't know. Maybe. No one wants to be blind. The group seemed to agree with that. Kendra spoke up. Guys, I I think that worm thing Biff mentioned is true. Maybe we should. But the blinds were already pulled wide open, allowing the bright sunshine that was the anti blindness campaign warm the chilled psyches of these carrot hawkers. Justice may be blind, Winston said, spitballing. But you won't be with a. But you won't be with a heaping helping of delicious carrots. Something like that. Biff sat up straighter. We can have Lady Justice in the ads. That's fair use, right? No trademark? She could have a straw hat and carrots in her scales. As the group dug into looking at all the angles of how the carrots save your sight, maybe, possibly, could look, uh, just eat them, okay? Campaign. Kendra gathered her notes and stepped outside for some air. The pigtailed lass stood by the dumpster, waiting. As Kendra stepped out into the alley, the lass said, You alone? Kendra nodded. Pigtails loosened her hair ties and shook out her hair, revealing the pigtails were actually two long bunny ears that now sprang to attention. Finally, she said, relieved. Sasha, Kendra said, you need to stop sneaking into these meetings. Not sneaking, Sasha the bunny said. Infiltrating. Whatever, Kendra said. You're lying to the people, Sasha bunny said. You and that cabal. Kendra sighed. We're just trying to sell carrots, not start World War III. Corporations won the war a long time ago. Humans just won't admit it, Sasha said. What are they cooking up now? They're going to announce that eating carrots keeps you from going blind, Sasha Bunny chuckled. Why don't they just say if you eat a carrot, money will fall from the sky, and you'll mate like, uh, like bunnies? Kendra finished. Cheap shot, Sasha said. Why are you even here, Kendra said. What do you think you can do? The bunnies are all that stand between stupid humans and their corporate masters. Yeah, okay, Kendra said. Someone's got to protect you from you, Sasha said. By eating all the carrots so people can't get them, Kendra said. That's a lot of beta-carotene. Is that what's in carrots? Sasha asked. Dunno, Kendra said. I was just going for a carrot pun thing. Oh, it was funny, Sasha said. Thanks, Kendra said. Want to make out? Sure, Sasha Bunny said. Then they did. If they catch you, Kendra said, suddenly there will be an announcement of a new reason to eat bunnies. You know that, right? It's a risk we have to take, Sasha Bunny said. Well then, Kendra said with a mischievous smirk, hop to it. That's a little demeaning. Also, I'm a rabbit, Sasha said. What choice do I have? Jeff called out from inside. Hey, sis, he said. We got a new approach. Does licking frogs make you high, or is it bunnies? Kendra grinned at Sasha. Dunno, she called back. I'll need to do a little more research. With that, Sasha Bunny hopped away to report back to the rabbit colony that the fight was still very much on. Kendra went back into the cabal meeting to do what she could to rescue capitalism from itself. Eat your veggies if you must, but leave the bunnies alone. They're just trying to save us.
1: Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari Podcast, and you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes Podcast. When you are done here, come visit us, In the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill.
0: And that's our show. Big thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Get your fluffy little tails over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five egg review of this show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And check us out on Instagram. You can leave me a voicemail too. I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to answer the phone. Too busy eating carrots. But you can leave me a message. 5632651978 about anything you want even if it's carrot recipes if it's cauliflower recipes though that's a deal breaker i'm just telling you now check out the website www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for information and links and whatnot for this podcast Atari Bites and for my other show it's a podcast Charlie Brown you will also find over there information about books that i've written and links to just some a sampling uh, a tasting platter, if you like, of some of the places that you can order them. So check that out. Maybe pick up a book. It will go down easier than carrots. I promise you that. You might also consider supporting the show over at Patreon.com. Patrons get stuff. Sometimes it's huge thanks from me. Sometimes it's episodes early. Sometimes it's videos. Sometimes it's actual bonus material. But only if you're a Patreon supporter like one of these very cool people. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, and Jim Goebel. Huge thanks to all of them. All right, we're about out of here. All that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. We're sticking with the 2600 next time. We're going to play a game called Cosmic Swarm. I have no idea if the game's any good, but I like the title. And if we learned anything from books, you can always judge quality product by its title. So until next time, Go play some old games. They've missed you.